Welcome to the Suburbs. I'm Kim. I'm Juice. And, and this, this is, is Suburban Pod. Pod. We're just two bougie Negroes trying to figure out how to express our blackness in white spaces. Follow us on Twitter at Suburban Pod. And follow us on Instagram at Sub underscore Urban Pod. All right, enjoy. I be wanting to come in with like some dope ass song lyrics, but Jeez. I just I, can't. I got seven Mac Elevens, about eight thirty eights, nine nine tens, Mac tens. This shit's never end. No, nah. Yo, are you? Uh, did you see the thing for Corey's uh, thing? He had told me about it a couple weeks ago. Is it in Florence or is it here? I think it's because it's Florence's homecoming too this weekend. It's it's not till twenty six. Oh, I thought it was this weekend. Yeah. Oopsies. But I think it's going to be a Campus 805 in the speakeasy. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I'm about to order my costume. No, now what you finna be? I'm about to uh, order the co- the jersey that Biggie was wearing in a Juicy video. Wow, that's going to be a good one. Christopher Wallace. Finally embracing it. <laughs> Being a dark-skinned, fat kid growing up, you get a lot of uh, a lot of Biggie uh, jokes. Now I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that boldness. I'm drinking Fairhope Causeway. Mm, I'm not, not drinking currently. I need to stop drinking. <laughs> but yeah, um... Shout out to everybody affected by the storm. Yeah, hope, man. Hope y'all are good. Y'all get to some shelter, some safe states. Pretty sure what all of Florida, they evacuate in all of Florida. Yeah. Um, some parts of Alabama. Right. Like the southeastern part. Thank God we up in the tippy top. Yep. Uh, also, it's, I mean, I can all hell is breaking loose right now. This crazy shit happened everywhere. Yeah. Hide your kids, hide your wives. Yo. So, how is your week going? It's pretty lit. Feel like I'm getting back on track. It's always lit. As far as like keeping my shit together and not being an emotional mess. I am entering my emotional mess right now, so... Why? I don't know. Hmm. Maybe it's you. Maybe you. Do you have seasonal affective? Yeah, I de- definitely disorder. Uh, this is definitely my season. Always, it's always around my birthday. Mm-hmm. My birthday month. It's when the sun really stops shining less. Yeah. Um. Luckily, I have the tools to cha- uh properly channel that energy. Mm-hmm. See, what you need to do is just travel. Go get you some sun every now and then, and then you'll be all right. What is sun? <laughs> what is this uh, mythical sun that you're talking about? It's this giant ball of gas. Yo, you ever really think about, like, if you really explain shit that you see every day, 
how fucking crazy that shit is. Yeah, because science. Everything is science. I know. Like, it's just this big ass star is burning mm-hmm. all day. Just eternally. And everything revolves around that shit. Just eternal damnation. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, once again, it's spooky season out here. Mm. And it's spooky shit happening left and right. Yeah. Um, like we were talking before we started about Azalea Banks and uh, Lana Del Rey. Um, so what happened with that was uh, Lana Del Rey, like we talked about on our last episode, uh, went ham on uh, Kanye for all the stupid shit he's been doing. <laughs> and then Azalea Banks being the troll that that bitch is she got on defending Kanye she is an ultimate troll and it it sucks the same way that because she's talented but all of that is uh, just in the background because of you know her bullshit but uh so Lana Del Rey said uh, you know the Addy pull up on some gangster shit, <laughs> and all, and also oh, Azalea Banks. Uh, when she went at her, called her Lana Del Rey a witch, which Lana Del Rey is a witch. She she definitely has some witchy tendencies. Oh, it's past like just the tendencies. Like she is like a real life fucking witch, like. I was reading something. Let me pull it up. Like, the shit that this chick said is some crazy shit. Lana Del Rey was on there. Was, this was last year. And uh, she was doing a... Uh, she was doing an interview. And she started talking to the person about, like, her love of the occult and, like, witchcraft and shit. Like, mm. on some earthy shit. Mm. But then that shit got weird because, all right, last year, you remember when they said that it was a witch's coven that was going, (laughs) it's a witch's coven that was going to do some kind of satanic stuff Mm -hmm. um, against the, uh, they were more or less going to pray against uh, Donald Trump. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, apparently Lana Del Rey was involved with that foolishness. So the reporter asked her, they were like, they asked her, was that shit true? Like, did she actually cast a spell on Trump? This is what this weirdo fucking said. Yeah, I did it. Why not? Look, I do a lot of shit. See, this is why I can never get with her ass. (laughs) (laughs) I just couldn't. I knew it. I knew it. Something about her just didn't feel right. It's because she's a witch. Yeah, that's why I don't like her shit. It's a witch. It's a witch. How you know? Because it looks like one. <laughs> I love that movie. I love Monty Python. Yeah, all her. Sh- I just uh-uh. all her shit just feels like fucking doomsday. Yeah, it has a real like airy like. It's almost like a siren song. Like where she's trying to draw you in. 
Now, when I was younger, that shit would have fucking uh, spooked me the fuck out. Because yeah. I was definitely scared as, of everything. Halloween <laughs> and witchcraft. Yeah, me too. I blame it on my mama. Me too. Like, my mom was definitely, like, acting like, yo, this shit is real. Bro, is that another, like, black mom thing? My mama was not fucking with Halloween. Yeah. A re- or, well, I'll say a religious black mom thing. Yeah, I think that definitely is a black. She didn't let me, I didn't do anything for Halloween until I was seven. And that was just because um, Jamie Dobbins lived down the street from us. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, her mom was just going to take us out trick-or-treating. And that was the only reason why my mama let me go. And they had an extra costume for me. So I was a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the only time I ever participated in anything like Halloween or trick-or-treating as a kid. I went once when I was a kid because my dad. Like, my dad was a real, like, these. they need to have childhoods. They need to go trick-or-treating and mm-hmm. do uh, Christmas. No, normal children stuff. things. And my mom was like, mm, that's up the devil. <laughs> yeah, that's what my mom said. Patricia Woods was not having that shit. Well, I was like, Halloween is it's about Satan. Satan. It's a pagan <laughs> holiday. So, my dad took us once. I went to Ninja Turtle. I was like four. And then... I guess like he started going to church eventually too, and he I guess he was just like happy wife, happy life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Patricia was not having that. I couldn't watch anything with magic or anything. I couldn't watch Power Me Rangers. I told you I had to read Harry Potter in my damn closet in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should have done it because I no, I actually believe that stuff then. I was like, because my mom, this how <laughs> my mom really got me. She was like. Even if I don't see you, God sees you. Yeah. <laughs> <So I was laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Whatever's in the dark will come to the light. Exactly. Yeah. So I was terrified of anything dealing with Halloween. So, uh, so like now when I'm watching stuff, like I don't have the same attachment. Like Hocus Pocus. I ain't never seen that shit. Yeah. I don't think I've ever actually watched it from start to finish. Like I've seen glimpses of it, but when Halloween shit was on turn tv off Mm-mm. we were not having it i think i saw the end and it scared the fuck out of me when i was little and i just never really tried to <laughs> like all bullshit aside halloween still fucking creeps me the fuck out it is it is well that i think that's because there are some people who really take it like too far to the freaky outlandish scary shit like like when you actually start playing with like witchcraft and shit or that time, remember a couple of years ago when there was like a thing where clowns were running around stabbing people? Yes. That yeah. shit. I forgot that, about that That's shit. what makes Halloween creepy for me. It's like you don't know who is actually going to be out here on some bullshit. Right. And it's some. It's already sickos out here. And now, yeah, like everybody is being like on their weird shit. But I think it's it's kind of cool. It's kind of not. It's fun to be able to just like put a costume on and like, you know, get, you know, really into it. But I've never actually done that, to be honest. I didn't actually start doing it until college. Even in college, I did like, it's just a part of me didn't have that part of childhood. It's just like I couldn't, we didn't believe in Santa Claus or nothing. Really? Yeah. Like, See, that's the, that's the thing that I found weird about us 
I guess I got older is that we didn't mama didn't believe in Halloween but Santa Claus was definitely a real thing because you can I guess it's because you can time you can kind of wrap yourself around with Christmas being like it's still the Lord's day justify even though I'm gonna drop this knowledge on y'all niggas <laughs> uh, the biggest pagan holiday Christmas yeah it definitely wasn't started as uh, birthday of Christ. Jesus' birthday. It was actually reappropriated from paganists. But hey. But yeah, uh, spooky shit happening left and right. Uh, spookiest thing is tomorrow uh, Donald Trump is meeting with Kanye West at the White yeah House. what is that about they're gonna talk about prison reform and schools and stuff shit that neither one of them niggas know he already about. talked to a Kardashian about that why do they gotta redo it they didn't talk to a black Kardashian <laughs> <laughs> is he black no I'm just playing let me stop damn let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> and, and it's still fuck Kanye. Yeah. Just in case y'all didn't listen to last week's episode <laughs> where I had a mini meltdown. But yeah. Um. What else happened? Um. um Kavanaugh's on the Supreme Court now. Yeah, we knew that was gonna happen. It's still it's bullshit. It's still like a real just fuck you to like <laughs> mm. to women. Mm-hmm. Even like just the way that they were cheering and shit mm-hmm. it's like damn y'all motherfuckers really just hate women and that's sad yeah and now you know feminists and, and, and people have started back up with you know believe women and me too is fired up again and right I posted something and um you just have to edit his name out about it uh, he ended. We ended up having to take it to the DMs. I'm gonna see where was his last comment on my post. But um, and also, like I guess before, there's a lot of well-meaning people who say very problematic stuff yeah. at times. It's because they're 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 misinformed or they're not informed enough. And I try not to take it out on those people. Especially if I know that that person is like a really good person. Yeah. But it's still like, yo. But back to it. Um, so I posted a status on Facebook and it said, I said, straight men, why aren't y'all reposting these videos, memes, and text posts pertaining to sexual assault towards women? If fighting for ourselves was enough, we wouldn't be in this predicament. And I said that because I was just noticing there was, a, you know, a lot of my gay men friends don't have any issue posting and talking about it but I rarely ever see straight men commenting or sharing or anything like that when it comes to stuff like this and you know everybody is a popular term now is victim blaming and victim shaming but I feel like there are people who do those things but they don't realize that that's what they're doing right and that that kind of happened here um so after you know he he commented in his first his first comment said nobody would listen so i was like well that's bullshit yes, that's 
definitely not true. <laughs> um, so he said, well, let me rephrase then. We would be ignored like women are silenced. I said, nope, I still need a better <laughs> excuse. Y'all have the upper hand on everything. Right. And when I said y'all, I meant men in general. Right. Now, of course, you know, him being a black man, it's a little bit different. But still, men, in this society, men are viewed as superior to women. So your voices are stronger. You're viewed as stronger. Just have more power. Right. Um, so he says... I mean, I don't have a problem showing support for women, especially dealing with sexual assault. Part of the problem with these situations is the way they're handled. Also, there are certain types of men that have the upper hand on everything. My voice doesn't travel that far. So I said, you're a man, though, so it travels farther than mine. Being black shouldn't stop you or anyone else from standing up for what's right. And I'm not attacking you at all. Please don't feel that way. This is for every man who feels like this isn't their issue. Um... And I put in parentheses, male privilege. So he said, um, of course, my skin color doesn't stop me for standing up what's right. I'm not offended at all. I'm curious as to why you only address straight men. And I said, because from what I've seen on my personal timeline, gay men have taken up the cause and it's straight men who are committing the crime at an exponentially higher rate than any other gender or sexual orientation. Um, so he messaged me and... We went a little deeper into it and at the end he was it's funny because he was like i was honestly scared you know about how this conversation was gonna go because i thought you were gonna be mean and blah 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 and i was like no i'm not a mean bitch i'm just gonna tell you how it is so um he asked he was like well have you addressed this topic on the podcast and i feel like we've gotten into it a little bit but not like in depth but you know now that this kavanaugh shit has happened we have to say um, something what specific part of it like, uh, do you feel like we haven't talked about in depth? Um, I guess I just feel like, I, I don't feel like we've gone into the victim blaming and victim shaming part of it. Yeah. So okay. much. Like, I know we've talked about, you know, how often it happens to women and, you know, it's usually people that are close to you and all this other stuff, but I don't, I don't feel like we've actually gotten into like the nitty gritty of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, one thing I did think about. Um, this also ties into the Bill Cosby thing mm-hmm. and about how uh, black men in particular and black people in general are feeling a certain type of way about Bill Cosby going to jail for mm-hmm. his crimes and they're saying well what about Weinstein what yeah. about they'll have their day also right but uh, in the meantime in between time <laughs> but uh, this is one thing I did think about alright the main way that people victim blame is saying the whole this is the most dangerous it's so dangerous to be a man man now Mm -hmm. because a man his whole life can be destroyed in a minute Mm -hmm. like I was talking to one of my friends and he's a white male Mm -hmm. and he said that and I was like bro you do realize Kavanaugh just got on the highest court in the land he has a supreme power of position for, (laughs) for life position of power I mean for life like his Career is not ruined at all. Supreme is in his fucking job title. All, all, <laughs> like, <exactly. laughs> the fuck? What shitty job, you know, has Supreme in his fucking okay. job description? I'm a Supreme bus driver. All right, the Supreme custodian. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yo, he is falling all the way up, bro. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's just like with Trump. It's like Trump been 
it's what 18 women that's alleged Trump that does this shit but yeah so we're supposed to feel sorry for the men and uh, I saw this one statistic that always stands out to me because you know people are like false ra- false rape allegations happen all the time and they ruin people's lives that's when they always want to decide to pull out some black person from the past who was ruined from a false rape accusation also because it was a white woman mm-hmm. race mm-hmm. has something to do with it mm-hmm. So they leave that part out, but they always say false rape accusations happen. Uh, one in ten <laughs> false rapes. I mean, what? One, one in ten rape allegations are false. Are, yeah. And then, one in three women are sexually assaulted. So that means that ninety percent of sexual assaults are real. And one of three, one in and thirty percent of those are just assaults and not rapes. Right, and then also, you know, most rape accusations, like most most rapes, are not reported mm-hmm. ever, really. Mm-hmm. And if they are reported, it's after time has passed. Mm-hmm. And because- that's kind of what he got into. But it was, I just it felt some kind of way about what he's. What he's it's. That's the part of victim blaming that really bothers me mm-hmm. because we all deal with things at certain levels mm-hmm. and it's stuff that's happened to all of us, especially women, but let's just use men also. It's stuff that I'll never tell anybody this, that shit that happened to me. Mm-hmm. So, And that's more of a hyper-masculinity thing. Though. Right. And then at the same time, it's also... It's... To act like everybody will tell everything about themselves, especially personal things, knowing the consequences of coming forward. Like, say, you go in front of the fucking uh, Congress and tell about when this guy tried to rape you, mm-hmm. and they call you a bitch, a liar, and all this other shit. Let's talk about how her life is ruined. Right. The the people I think people don't understand is the top reasons why women don't report things that happen to them when it has to do with any kind of sexual assault immediately is one being in denial Mm -hmm. two um they know that people won't believe them and three they don't want to be looked at with that label for the rest of their lives they don't want people to just see them as a victim right and I was speaking to two women who are very close to me that are my family and they're both survivors of uh, sexual assault and it was just surprising hearing the way that they talked about like not necessarily her but more so like the Bill Cosby stuff mm-hmm. they're like what What does it putting an 80 year old man isn't going to change anything for those victims I was like it's not about that it's about and I, I had to take a step back too because I'm like I am a male I'm, I'm not going to just negate what somebody's telling me because I don't want to I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel icky being like, yo, but especially to women who have experienced certain things that I can never experience. Yeah. I mean, cause I'm, for most of these victims, it is about that. Right. Knowing that they're actually going to get punished for what they did after they have finally 
told everybody. Now, they did feel a different way about Dr. Ford and the whole Kavanaugh thing. Than they did about versus Bill like Cosby. Anita Hill and... I, I didn't even talk about the Anita Hill thing, which is weird because one person, they were both older than me, but mm-hmm. one of them, there's stuff I didn't know and I didn't ask her more shit. But things she had to deal with in, in the workplace, mm-hmm. harassment and stuff. And I'm just like, fuck. It's stuff that you never know. Yeah. And then I think that's the main thing. You never know who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. So when you start victim blaming shit, you may be talking about the person in front of you. Right. Yep. yep. And that's the that's the other part of this whole conversation. Like, you can, you can dog these people out, but there's people right in front of you have to deal with the exact same thing. Yeah, um, let me finish what he was messaging me about. So he said, you know, have we addressed on the podcast? And I said somewhat as far as men disrespecting women, but not the Kavanaugh issue specifically because we don't record until, you know, we had a late recording this week. So he says the issue goes deeper than speaking out. That's why I jumped on the sidebar. I said, well, of course, but talking about it is usually the first step because you can discuss a plan of action because you that's how you can discuss a plan of action for excuse me a sustainable solution so he said i think there are solutions to change the stigma associated with it we could change the mentality of people who discredit victims but that probably would be most effective for people under 50. i can't speak on the effects of emotions that follow after a female has been attacked but it's best to take action then i'm not saying that credibility credibility fades away by not speaking up but it makes a big difference so i said it's a slippery slope time elapsed doesn't really make that much of a difference when people are concerned with what was she wearing where was she was she drinking or doing drugs was she alone etc etc then it's her fault so he said right i understand dressing nice and comfortable having fun etc however the flesh is born with a carnal nature women are so special and precious precious to creation but still the weaker vessel whether you're religious or spiritual the foundation of man and woman relations have swayed terribly from the path intended old household traditions have programmed us to think that man is superior over women that's why i stated the age factor look at all the people in congress and the senate we know who keeps these people in office now if we had more people our age around serving in these seats it's a good chance uh policies laws policy slash laws would change of course it wouldn't eliminate the problem but it's one less obstacle to fight um that's that's halfway a really good point halfway the the beginning part it has its issues the beginning part is what what shook me um because it was it it was another respectability uh politics move and then it was it was it kind of brings in the argument of nature versus nurture like which naturally men are stronger so you know women have to be careful no it's not our fault that y'all stronger so y'all gotta be careful right um very true and i want to read i had screenshotted a post from somebody um a couple weeks ago a woman that i like look up to and respect and she was my trainer for a cosmetic company that i used to work for but she said some cringy shit too and i feel like it was almost kind of hoteppy so i just had to save it um so she said and it was right after like all the bill cosby shit was happening 
So she said, um, this might be an unpopular opinion, especially with other women, but in the midst of all this Cosby drama, some truths must be brought to the light. I must preface my opinion with this statement. No woman deserves to be raped. It is an awful thing for a man to overpower a woman with his body, drugs, or even power to steal her essence. Biblically, biblically, rapists deserve death, so of course I believe that they should be punished to the fullest extent of the law. Now, with that being said, I have to say... <laughs> Here's this fuck shit. Right. Okay? <laughs> Let me open the door to all the bullshit. Now, with that being said, I have to say that women must hold themselves to a higher standard of propriety just as men should. This is not victim blaming or shaming, but it actually is. <laughs> This is a warning to take preventative measures from unnecessary and unwanted attention. Whole culture tells women to dress scantily clad, get drunk, and go to a man's hotel room. Why would you do that unless you're down for whatever? If the man reads those signs as consent and things go too far, we did play a part in sending mixed signals. This doesn't excuse him from going too far, but we have to take better responsibility and accountability for ourselves, our bodies, and our actions. I hope this is received with understanding and love. Hashtag food for thought. Hashtag heart check. So that food is rotten. I always, <laughs> whenever, the, and, and this is what a lot of people, I think, fail to do when it comes to these kinds of controversial situations. So when things happen and, and it's and it's it's racially charged. To get people to see our point of view, we flip the script and say, well, hey, if this was a white person, it wouldn't be this. So this is what I do in this situation. I'm like, well, if this was a man, it wouldn't be this. If a man comes over and he's just out having fun and he he's drinking and, you know what I'm saying, that don't mean that I can take advantage of him. So why do y'all think that this should be the case for women? If I want to wear what the fuck I want to wear and get drunk and be on drugs if I want to be and I'm partying with some 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 of my guy friends that don't mean that I'm asking to be fucking raped. Right. The fuck? Like, I don't understand people's mentality when it comes to them thinking that women have to be the ones to to protect themselves. Like, po- basically police yourself to protect yourself. I think it's partially because they know that nobody gives a fuck about women. That shit is not a solution, though. I know. <laughs> Like I can I can do all the things that y'all are telling me to do and still Not get fucking right. assaulted out here. Right. Exactly. It's just like when people like when you look at like uh places where it's very conservative, like say in the Middle East, some parts of it where they wear head to toe fabric. Right. Women are still raped there. Yeah. They don't drink. Women are still raped there. Exactly. So, what is it about the situation that you don't understand? Yeah. Uh, It's, yo, man. It's it's, just, it's just real ho-teppy. Like, women gotta be, we got, you gotta be, you know. Gotta be a queen. Classy and fully clothed and. Right. No, I don't. No, I don't. If I'm naked in the street, I still don't deserve to be raped. Exactly. I've seen a lot of fucked up shit. Like, if it wasn't for, like, doing this podcast and it happened to be somewhat relevant, I would have deleted social media recently. <laughs> I've seen so much fuck nigga shit come from white people, black people, men, women. And be like, what the fuck is wrong with you, motherfucker? <laughs> like, that Bill Cosby shit is also weird, too. Because it's definitely, like, 
men are showing how toxic they are. Like, did you see the guy with the shirt that uh, if you sleep, I'm still having sex or something? And it was like, whoa. No. Yeah. Somebody put that on the t-shirt. I know. Somebody, nigga, we ain't even got our shirts made yet. Somebody put that (laughs) fuck shit on it. The weird thing about the Bill Cosby thing to me is Bill Cosby let it know that he wasn't fucking with you niggas for a long time. Like the infamous pound cake speech where he was talking about pull your pants up and all this shit. And then he also made the thing like people were in jail because they did, they made stupid decisions. You right. <laughs> you right, my nigga. Ooh, look how the tables turn. Look at God. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but yeah, he was definitely a main one of those respectability politics and acting like if you uh, dress a certain way and if you uh, do this and that, if you don't name your kids all these ghetto names and all of this, then your kids would be successful. Like, this is the ultimate sign of whatever the fuck you think you're doing out here. It's always some shit going on in the back. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to feel sorry for Bill Cosby. like Me neither. Especially when, I don't know if this shit's true, but he really got hit in the face with a, a chicken patty. Oh. Don't say all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying all because it's funny. It, it does suck that he's, I mean, he's part of our, like, every black person's, like, cultural awareness. And it's still, like, gotta cancel that nigga. I like different world though. <laughs> like that's the one caveat I will be like, but he wasn't always on different world. <laughs> like his name was he was the main producer. Yeah, but he wasn't always on different world. I was there for Dwayne Wayne and uh, Whitley. Yeah, <laughs> Whitley Gilbert. Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what other fuck shit can we destroy right quick? Speaking of, there, I was um having a conversation with a friend who's like trying to decide like their next move as far as jobs go um but it was so hard to kind of um like give advice or or give guidance because they were so like um they had way too many like stipulations for what their next job needed to follow now I understand like setting a plan and you know what I'm saying? You want to list things that you wanted to make. You want to list things you want a job. You want to list things you want a house. You want like I get that, but I wanted to talk about growing pains because I feel like our generation right now thinks that they can have ideas and just go from zero to a hundred right. and don't really expect to or think that they can avoid the growing stage part um because they just kept saying like you know I don't know who who's gonna pay me the same and give me the same days off 
I don't, you know, I don't know if I can handle, you know, a job at a desk. Like, I don't want to do that. I'll just be unhappy. And I'm like, that's a part of growing, though. You're number one. They only work four days out the week. So going to a different job, you're not going to be able to really do that and make the amount of money that you're making unless you work full time. Right. Um, and right now you're just trying to get to a point where you can sustain yourself. So that means like making money. So if you have to go from working four days a week to working five days a week, (laughs) that's a part of this growing stage until you can cut that off and do what you want to do, you know, with your own business or whatever else. But I think a lot of people think that, and I, and I understand too, like, especially with this mental mental health wave going on, like we all want to make sure that we're happy and that we're in our, in the right state of mind. But sometimes you just got to be a little uncomfortable to get to your next situation. Like that's, that's the only way that growth happens. You're not going to grow if you just jump from one situation to the next and it's the exact same. And it's, it's everything that you want. Like you'll never, learn who you are and you'll never learn what you can deal with if everything is perfect all the time like that's just not nobody's life is streamlined like that so I just want to talk about that because I feel like a lot of people in our generation think that things can happen overnight like this whole like flat tummy tea sensation like (laughs) oh I'm gonna take this flat tummy tea for two weeks and I'm gonna be fine like no you gotta eat right you gotta work out you gotta condition your body like all of the shit that makes you uncomfortable is the shit that's going to get you to where you want to be. I think it's because it goes hand in hand with the social media in general. Yeah. Instant gratification. Right. Very much so. Like, it's because if you look on Facebook, Instagram, everything, everybody's fucking balling. Everybody's got cute family pics. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got dope shoes. You know, fucking dope fucking, <laughs> uh, Dope locations, right? They doing it for the ground. Yeah, they ain't fucking talking about them literally. The struggle, yeah. the climb. Like, bro, it's some serious. Like, being a human in general is not easy. <laughs> Everybody got different levels of whatever fuck they dealing with, and. So you got to understand that everybody is not at the level they pretend that they're at. Mm -hmm. Like some people have a little better situation than others, but they also have to deal with more complicated uh, situations, other people, family, stuff like that. And it's not all roses, but you definitely do need a plan and you'll have to struggle before you get to where you want to go. Yeah. Like, I'm in that situation to where, like, I make decent money, but I just have to work my fucking ass off for it. Yeah. Like, and when you work so much and you make decent money, you buy a lot of stupid ass shit. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, that is also one of the bad things. Mm. But, um, what was my point? The struggle is the is the yeah. I mean, the key to it. Struggle is part of it. Is the key to it, and then, but also at the same time, 
if you are seriously unhappy, and this is what I'm having to tell myself, sometimes you're going to have to, the struggle is saving the money to really go out there on a limb. Mm-hmm. And if you fail, you fail. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be okay because at least you know you tried. Right. Basically, suck it up. But I, I couldn't just say that. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, ba- suck it up and make this money until you can figure out. You Mama, know. they raised no bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. That's why I was saying it was hard for me to be able to give them advice or guidance because I wanted just to be like, you, you know, every time they were just like, but I don't want to have to work five or sit at a desk. I was just like, so? Like in my head, I'm like, suck it up. That's what you're going to have to do if you don't want to be stuck where you're at right now. Like the only way to not be stuck is to get up and fucking move. Get up, get out. But you got to understand that the move that you might be about to make is not, it don't need, number one, it doesn't need to be the exact same move that you're in right now because that's just, that's a lot. You're not, the point is, the goal is to not make lateral moves. Yeah. When it comes to life. But, um, let's just use for example this podcast. Right. Like we started from the bottom. Started from scratch. This was a grassroots production. We didn't know what the fuck. We, we still did. in the grass. <laughs> Shit. We in the weeds. This is episode twenty four and we still in the grass. This is six months in. That's just crazy. Half a year we are in the grass. But that's okay because consistency and but, uh, movement. Well, but also for a long time, like I'm just speaking for me, I know I was afraid to fucking do this because I was like, what if I just waste my money? All this shit, I waste. Like, what if I do two episodes and I just fucking hate doing this shit? <laughs> it's not a waste. Nothing is ever a waste when it comes to growth and challenges. But, and then also for a long time, we talked about this shit about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And we started six months ago true but it also took both of us being like fuck it let's do it right sometimes you'll have people that you can ride out with and sometimes it's just you like if it was just gonna be me in my apartment talking to myself as sad as that sounds (laughs) i was gonna do that shit (laughs) (laughs) that man that show would have been so fucking creepy (laughs) it it probably would have been pretty interesting that shit would have been dark as fuck, though. <laughs> like, I'm a weirdo, man. We are all weird, especially when we have to sit down and talk to ourselves. Do you know how much I talk to myself during the day to keep myself in check and still be out here wilding? <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, let's get this shit. <laughs> still be out here going off on people. But, yeah, you just gotta, I mean... I look at this as being uh, a release. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm not so creeped out in my voice, it's actually pretty fucking dope. Yeah, it's definitely a release. And I don't want, like, whenever we do mention people, I don't want anyone to think that we're talking shit. We're just talking about our experiences. And then also, you got to remember that we're not used, like, we're so used to talking to each other like this. Oh, yeah. That we forget that. Like other people are gonna hear this shit yeah (laughs) i mean you're literally talking to one of your best friends in a room and you're just like that's why you have to sit there 10 minutes later and be like i'm gonna edit that out (laughs) like ooh, that went a little farther than i thought it was (laughs) i'm gonna listen back and decide though if we should really edit that this is that's the thing though so you think it's gonna be up by friday this week 
because that means that you'll have to go home tonight uh, and really put some shit in. Or you got to go to work tonight, don't it? I'll work tomorrow at 8. I'm going to get off till 4. It, I might be able to get my tomorrow night. Tomorrow when you get off. But it just depends. Yeah. But that's the other part of the shit. Like, if you are thinking about starting a podcast, first and foremost. Time is of essence. Yes. And scheduling shit, finding out shit. Scheduling, especially between two people who don't work conventional hours all the time. Right. Like, if we both worked eight to fives, this shit would be way easier. But Man, we, I mean, we could do this shit. Like dope as fuck if we had if we had weekends off and we could record like on a Saturday morning and have it up by like Sun Monday or some shit. Nigga, we, this should be so much better. Yeah, <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, time is of the essence. You got to work on this shit. Mm-hmm. That shit is not easy. Mm-hmm. And if it sounds like we don't be, if you don't understand how much work goes into this shit like for real I ain't trying to like act like uh, we really out here doing something cause we're not where we wanna be yet but if you ain't got time for it and you can't make the time for it it ain't gonna work yeah I would suggest finding like minds with you and y'all all going in but we we were uh, gonna do it with three yeah also, you got to be open to uh, criticism. Very true. Please rate and review us um, on, I think the only place you can review right now is iTunes. Yeah. But oh, you can leave comments on SoundCloud. Okay. Well, yeah, y'all, you know, let us know. I submitted us on Spotify too, but them niggas is hate. <laughs> so. I don't know people have podcasts on Spotify. Joe Joe Budden's podcast is oh yeah that's right now that's right I love that podcast I yeah. had Spotify but I let it go a couple of years ago I love Spotify I don't know why um if I switch to Apple if I switch to iPhone I might go to Apple Music though but um what were we talking oh yeah Joe Budden's podcast makes me want a soundboard I have a couple soundboards just in case uh, <laughs> I have never listened to it. Really? Like, he's pretty fucking good. Like, he's pretty well-informed also for, like... Yeah, he's always been really well-spoken. Just, you know, in these most recent little outbursts outbursts that he's been having, he just sounds real... um, What's the word? Petty, angry, hatery. He does that for the... uh, That's part of the show. It's crazy. But yeah, um, definitely gonna build a soundboard just so we can like do that shit. Um, while we talking about shit we got going on, um, either email us or DM us. Uh, we're gonna about to have shirts. Oh, and we haven't exactly decided where they're gonna be. <laughs> But if you want a shirt, tell us. They're going to be about $20, $25. So. Is we doing sleeves or no? We are. Uh, I looked at this. It's another website that I want you to kind of play with. Because, like, we're going to do, like, we're going to do, like, samples. So, I guess order off this website. And then we'll see the quality. I, I saw good reviews. That's what I've been looking at lately. 
like merch uh, reviews. Like it's some nerdy shit you have to get into. <laughs> like if you do want to do this, it is fun. It's rewarding mm-hmm. because anytime I put the episodes up, that shit is like the highest high. Yeah, it is pretty cool to be like every time I hear it, I'm like, oh shit, niggas out here legit and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about Quincy though. Yes. Okay, um, so earlier this week, we had made a deal that Kim was going to watch Quincy on Netflix, and I was going to watch the third season of Insecure. Um... I am in Huntsville slang known as a fourth. <laughs> if you're not from Huntsville, you don't know that a fourth is somebody that lies and does something di- completely different than what they promise. So I didn't watch the third season of Insecure yet. But I watched Quincy. Because she's a better person than me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only lady here, but I'm the realest nigga in the room. That, that kind of hurt. Like... <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it just felt right. It felt right. Let's see. <laughs> but uh so Quincy is Quincy Jones documentary that's on Netflix is co directed by Rashida Jones who It's his daughter. daughter. His beautiful daughter. It's his young no, Kidada's the youngest, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yo that dude is like Forrest Gump if Forrest Gump was an actual person <laughs> and was black. I just think it's weird, or not weird, very um, interesting that he had all these mixed cheerings with super black names. Yeah. Rashida, Kidada, um, what's his oldest? I think his oldest isn't, I don't know if her mother was white. I, I think her mother actually might have been mixed. Was she mixed? I'm not for sure. Well, they all look half and half. Yeah. Regardless, but. But yeah, uh, Quincy Jones is a real one. Bro, like, I'm so shook. That documentary opened my eyes to so many things. And I, like, I, I knew so much about him, but I didn't, like, fully put it into context. But, like, oh, Quincy Jones has been a part of every music since 1950. When he said that he started when he was, what, like, 14? Yeah. That shit blew my fucking mind. He was writing with Ray Charles at 16. What, like... Everything blew my mind. Honestly, like when I was seeing when they um did like the montages of the people he was working with, like Duke Ellington yeah, and Dizzy Gillespie. Like I was like, the first five minutes of the documentary is dope as fuck. One because the song they're playing is a Quincy. All the music they play in this is a Quincy Jones arrangement, yeah, or arrangements and things. So the song they're playing at first, I'm like, oh shit, that's a uh, Far side passing me by, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Damn, they did sample Quincy." Which Far Side is one of my favorite rap groups ever, and so so the music is playing, and then you're just seeing all these like platinum plaques and pictures of him with like the most famous people of all time, and then it pans out, and it's Dr. Dre being like, "That shit's crazy." 
It yeah, which Doctor Dre, I was looking at him like, damn, this nigga fine as fuck. Um, <laughs> okay, just it was random. I was like, dang, I forgot that he was all beefy and shit. But <laughs> I just I think what like really was uh, touching to me was that number one, like I said, he got started when he was so young. Mm-hmm. He came from fucking poverty. That, that nigga said they were eating rats at one point. He was gang banging at, at seven. <laughs> <laughs> In the streets of Southside Chicago, like probably the one of the worst places you can fucking gangbang, but especially at seven. In the middle of the Great Depression, he said he got his hand nailed to some shit with an ice pick. I was like, oh my god! But just like seeing his, well, for one, seeing him be able to surpass all of the racist shit, which for one, I think music was probably one music and entertainment. Their entertainment in general was the only way that black people could get their their feet in the door and and Sports, and well yes Which well that's entertainment. entertainment yeah it, it was the only way that black people could really get their free their feet in the door and break barriers and he ha- he also had to go to Europe to get some of that freedom because like when he was like he was a uh, he was a trumpet player. And um, he wanted to, like, he had started doing jazz arrangements. So he's working with, like, Art Blakely, Miles Davis, and Duke Ellington, and all these dope jazz artists. So um, he decided he wanted to start doing, uh, like, film scores. Mm -hmm. So he wanted to start doing orchestra and stuff, and he couldn't really do it here. So I think he went to, what, was it Paris? Mm -hmm. And so he lived in Paris for a while. And he trained under this lady. I forgot her name. I wish I could remember her name. She looked like she knew everything that you could know about music, though. <laughs> that's, a, that's another weird thing. Like, for the 60s, for this white lady in Europe to take in this young black dude and teach him everything and be comfortable enough to, for one, in that time, be as respected as a woman. Yeah. That a nigga flew from America to come study him. Like, you mentored him. Right. And music. Like, that shit was crazy, too. I didn't realize that he um, scored The Color Purple. I didn't know that. And I, he produced it. That, like... Like, he did. he's done a lot of movies. And he did Roots. He scored yeah, Roots. I know that. That just really blew me. I was like, wow, this nigga is out here. Um, What was it? It was something. It's it's just weird, like you like you like damn Quincy Jones had to do that, like when they were playing "It's My Party" and I cried for one time. Oh like, yeah, that nigga wrote that shit. Yeah, <laughs> and I what blew my mind about that was he said that she was only sixteen. Once she looked way older than sixteen, she sounded older than sixteen. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh my god. Also, um, him being the reason that Michael Jackson exploded. Yeah, like he did the Wiz. First and foremost, which is dope as fuck too. Right. And then iconic. He, and then uh So Michael Jackson was on the Wiz and Michael Jackson was like, Yo, uh let me I'm trying to do some new stuff. Like, yo, can you put a producer? Can you su- suggest a producer for me? He's like, Yeah. And then he said by the time he was done, he was like, Oh no, I'll I'll produce it. That nigga made it off the wall. In two fucking months. And then he made Thriller in two months. Like. And scored the color purple in two months. 
Bruh. You did the Sanford and Sons um, theme song. He did Body Heat in the 70s, which that shit is dope. Which you'll know it as How Do You Want It by Tupac, the sample. Sanford and Son is my dad's ringtone, just Bruh. FYI. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, Quincy Jones is fucking everywhere, man. He discovered Oprah. He discovered Oprah. Oprah was an actor for, like, what? He put her in her first acting role. And it was the color fucking purple. And she was amazing in that shit. And then he casted every, he helped cast everybody in the color purple. And then Steven Spielberg was like, I don't know if I should do this. Quincy Jones was like, nah, fuck that shit. (laughs) You doing it. And they made like the dopest black movie of all time. (laughs) It's just his... Man, if Aretha's funeral was 18,000 years long. That's what I was thinking too. I was like, man, Quincy Jones. His my- legacy is stupid. Like, and then what touched me too was when they went to the um, the museum, mm-hmm. the National African American History Museum. History. Is that yeah. it? National. N-A-A-H-M. National African American Hi- Museum of History and Culture. History and Culture. Okay. That like it touched me when he saw that too. He was just like taken aback though that he was the only one left standing. Right. That he worked with all these people from all these different decades. Like that's that's what I wanted to talk about too because it's kind of tragic. Yeah. That you've done all these amazing things and you're literally the only person. You're the one. Yeah. Like it's like yo, I've had a hand in all these people's careers and they were my friends and they're dead he's st- and like, he kept talking about it too yeah that was like a reoccurring theme he was like man we lost so-and-so we lost so and he kept saying like that's frightening like it's crazy and it's... and also that nigga almost died like five times that's another thing <laughs> he was out here like not only just working crazy but partying crazy and of course like he had his el- his health episodes but for him to still be living like all i kept thinking about too was how he kept saying like 70 years in this business but it was four years ago when he was saying that so i'm just like you got another four years still mind blown like 70 years in a who works 70 years in one business bro this dude this is the part that got me this nigga had a brain aneurysm yeah survived and they found another one that probably would have got his ass and you know they didn't talk about this in the uh in the documentary but all right before he was a trumpet player they told him that if he ever played again he could die yeah and so he said i think he tried it for a little bit and then i think he said he tried it once and was like no it's not worth it yeah but he had an aneurysm at, i think after he had done the whiz mm-hmm. like he was like knocking all this stuff out like he was doing multiple projects at once that's what he said on on the show on oprah's show he was just like just been two years of going non-stop like my brain just feels like mush yeah and then in the beginning of the documentary he has the uh yes the stroke was it a stroke or a heart attack he had a stroke he had a stroke and so he bounced back from that and then he had a heart attack? Yeah, another he had, he, some, Yes, because that was when he was on stage. 
Uh-huh. And he was like, you know, pardon me, but, you know, time or whatever, because um, he had just flown in from somewhere. And then all of a sudden he was like calling for help. Right. So he had a stroke, a heart attack and an aneurysm. And this nigga is still out here. Can't stop. Won't stop. Literally. Them some strong ass jeans. Yeah. Also, another person that was involved in his life was uh, Tupac because he was engaged to... What's how you say Kidada. Kidada. Before he died. And he had taken him on as a mentor. Like... And then the, the part where he was talking to Kendrick Lamar, yeah. it was just like, yo, I think I dead. teared up. It's like, that shit is dope. <laughs> I think I teared up. Like his engagement with hip hop period was just like really cool, especially for him to be, you know, the older guy mm-hmm. during that time. Like, and what I also love too, I think is why he, he was so like, he just had that charm and charisma that people were so like able to be comfortable around him was because he would cuss yeah. like you know what I'm saying like what the fuck <laughs> like real curse words yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah the interview he did with, with, with Kendrick like you could tell Kendrick was shook he shook his hands like three times like, <laughs> Mr. Jones <laughs> that, um, that I think I teared up at that moment um, just like I love being able to see into musicians' minds. I think right. well, artists in general just have really complex minds, but I feel like musicians especially. Especially jazz musicians. Mm, yes, that's what I was going to say. Like, for him to be doing jazz jazz arrangements at such a young age, I was like, that is probably some of the hardest music to arrange. It was also dope. Like, it was a scene where, like, he was just casually just writing music it was like it looked like he was fucking drawing yeah, like, like <laughs> just like, sketching shit the out the way he was doing it was so fucking dope and efforts effortlessly like it's in your head and you're just able to just project it like immediately like and also when they had the clip of where Sinatra was talking about like his love of Quincy Jones and he was like I've never been around just a true musician that can I tell them I don't like this thing and he go over to the side and he completely changed an arrangement and it's like, yo, like you don't have to think about it. you don't have to strum on the piano to hear it like you just can he's you, music man and you know what I wonder too is like if he um because he said it too if he he wondered if he had a touch of his mom's schizophrenia right and I'm, I wonder if not necessarily if it was schizophrenia but it's some kind of um anything mental because I feel like that definitely could have played a part in how he absorbs music and how you know what I'm saying? Developed he was right. with with his music skill. What's the name of it where when you hear sounds you can see them? I can't remember. It's a it's a name for it. Mm, I don't know. But a couple musicians have it. I wonder if he has that. It sounds. It feels like he does. Cause the way like the way he just feels music is like it made me be like, damn. I wish I had stuck with fucking instrument. Yeah. I wouldn't have been Quincy Jones. I ain't saying that. But I'm just saying like the love and respect that he has for music and artistry is dope. And it's only one of them left. Like they're supposed to be doing a tribute to him, I think, in a couple months. That shit. Like, like who else is like him right now? And then the closest one is probably Stevie. He put together the fucking um, the opening ceremony show for the museum. Yeah, 
that was also a cool uh, thing because when they made the call, he was just sitting on the couch and he was just like, "We'll call Oprah." Yeah, like David. He was like, like, "Yeah, we're gonna do it." David <laughs> just rolling decks of people, and he was like, uh, "He's like, we're gonna get Colin Powell," and they're like, "We don't, we don't know Colin can do." It. He's like, "Get, get Colin <laughs> on the phone." <laughs> And Rashida, when she was recording and she was just asking, you know, like, you got a lot going on. Like, what's it? He's like, we'll get it done. Like, his his confidence, too, is like his his ability to, like, really commit to stuff and, like, see it through. But but not half ass is also, like, very inspiring, incredible, like, especially on that level. Like, I know you get tired after, like, a week of trying to put something like that together. So for doing it, you know, for months but making it making sure that it's perfection at the highest level is like that shit's dope crazy um yeah another important part of that documentary is quincy jones is still mr steal your girl <laughs> turn your neck and your day missing yes he was and it ain't gonna be on no creepy shit she willing she when going I saw, willingly. Um, when I saw, um, did you see his trainer, Rashida's mom? Yeah, I knew that that was her mom because Rashida looks just mm-hmm. like her. Her tra- his trainer though, fuck, as fuck bro. <laughs> when, like, when he was doing the push-ups and shit. Yeah, like it was a, a off scene. I was like, God damn! <laughs> and I was like, man, Quincy Jones real as fuck, man. He always got a bad one by him. His family is huge. Um, it, another thing that blew my mind too is that even though most of his all of his kids are mixed, or you know at least a quarter white, they are pretty much all like white passing. Yeah, but you know he's mixed also. Oh, okay, I didn't know. Like that. his was his mom mixed? His grandmother was half. I think no, his dad was half white. Was he? Either his dad was half white, cause yeah, his grandmother was a slave. Yeah. So his grandmother, uh, like if you saw a picture of his dad, his dad was very fair skinned. Okay. And then also his mom. His was, mom was fair too, though. Yeah. Yeah, that like, was crazy. Like, I was yeah. looking at his hair, like, why his hair so soft? <laughs> <laughs> and he got that good hair. <laughs> his shit wavy. Where his yeah, do rag? It's because he's uh, he's part white. Okay, I didn't know that because I was because I literally be looking at all of them like, like you would not know, especially like Rashida, like. When somebody told me that was his daughter a couple years ago, I was like, shut the fuck up. No, it's not. She don't, yeah. But she's her so and her gorgeous. sister, cute daughter. And you know, she uh, she just had a kid. Oh, I didn't know with that. With the uh, lead singer yes, I did of, know that. of uh, Vampire Weekend. I did know that. Bro. Karen from uh, the uh, office. office. Karen Philippelli. <laughs> that must be a weird experience also that you're you're black. But people but you cast you as yeah. Like the only time I've seen her as a as a black or mixed person is in Blackish because she played Tracy Ellis Ross's sister. I didn't know that. But they did something to her to make her look more ethnic. Mm. Bronze up her face a little bit. I don't know if it's that. Make her lips look fuller. The way she wore her hair, curly hair. Mm. Well, she. I mean. Like the younger photos, she definitely had like that mixed kid hair. Right. Now it's definitely like more straight, but yeah, it's just crazy. I was just like, damn, all his kids just look straight white. His son doesn't look as much. His son definitely looks more mixed. 
And his oldest daughter. Yeah, Quincy the third. And his uh, his son's a director too. That's what's up. Like you know, the, uh, those beef videos they used to come out like the beef movies where it's talking about rap beefs and stuff. Oh, he and, was like, producing American those. Gangster. Yeah, he did those. That's cool. Like he's the one to turn Quincy Jones on to rap. That's I I like that he was like trying to merge it. Yes, like, trying trying to be the mediator. This is my favorite part when like they transition and then you just hear Miles Davis talking on that raspy voice and then you see uh, Ella Fitzgerald. Yes, and, and then, then Sarah Vaughn. Yeah, and then you see Dizzy Gillespie. And then you see fucking Ice T. Yes, Kumo yes. D. And they're all all in the studio on the mic, and then you see Ray Charles, and it's like, yo, man, that's that's that black uh, back from the block album, like, I that he's unmatched, unparalleled. I don't think we're gonna get another one of him for a long time, and if we are, they gotta be hiding somewhere right now. Bruh. Hey. <laughs> Bruh. Amazing, man. He's. I, you didn't realize Quincy Jones could just make like a 300 song just playlist of shit that he didn't make? Like. Like, yeah, I remember Miles was uh, Miles was tripping right there. If he was like our age right now, he would be like like the damn DJ Mustard, like you know what I'm saying, the nigga that you just hear on every single fucking Take he fuck these niggas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <thriller>. Zaytoven. <laughs> that thriller come on. Quincy fuck these niggas up. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, that was an amazing. Like it was well put together. On you, top of it being amazing. Yeah, how at your boy. Yup. And then it was funny too. Like I told you that Michael texted me like literally the day after you told me to watch it. He was like, "You seen Quincy yet?" I was like, "Damn, I ain't even know nothing about this shit." Like, this shit's dope, bro. <laughs> Shout out to BY Love. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She said, um, if y'all ain't out here trying to vote, y'all need to consider that shit for midterm because it's real out here. It's extra real out here. Um also a lot of key races going on. Uh Democrats trying to take over Congress and trying to get a good uh a good step into the right direction going forward against uh Trump in twenty twenty. Because if Democrats can win the House and Senate, more than likely they'll win one or the other. Mm-hmm. They won't win both. Mm-hmm. But that would be a great step into the door because y'all do realize that the two most liberal judges on the court are in their 80s. It is imperative that Trump is defeated in 2020. And like I know people are discouraged about the Kavanaugh thing. I was discouraged too, but 
I'm looking for it. Mm. And we are fucking going to rock this shit. Um, a lot of key races, though. Uh, Florida. There is a uh, Democrat, uh, Andrew Gillum, who is also African-American mm-hmm. and HBCU graduate. Mm-hmm. FAMU, what's mm-hmm. up? Mm-hmm. He is leading in the governor's race. Also in Georgia, we got Stacey Abrams, who is trying to be the first black woman governor of the state of Georgia. That's probably going to happen. I can see that happening. I believe it. But uh, here's the other thing. It's a lot of uh, voter intimidation going on. And it's a lot of people trying to get uh, people off the uh, the ballot. The person Stacey Abrams is running against, not going to acknowledge that fuck boy. Um, but he's also the Secretary of State of the state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Secretary of state, of state of Georgia is over elections. So... He's been trying to purge people off uh, the ballots, off the uh, voting registers. Some people say up to 70. Oh, wait, I wrote it down. A <laughs> <laughs> nigga was doing his homework today. You and this loose change in your pockets, though. This is time number two. And you know what? I'm getting you a wallet for your birthday. I, I got one in my back pocket, actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, didn't write that fact down. Um, <laughs> okay. Do you make a mental note screenshot? No. Um, okay. This is an important thing. 32% of Georgia's population is African American. Only 32. A third. Yeah, I just thought it was way more. But those are people that identify as being black. So there's mm. possibly more. more. There's also Hispanic. Um, Oh, the voter registrations on hold, 70% of the people are black. Okay. So, make sure you register everything. Um, we can it, make a change, people. You gotta believe. If you believe, you can achieve. <laughs> but also know what the hell you out here voting for. Right. Now. Be informed. Don't be on some fuck shit. Like, just Google it. <laughs> Even that's not enough. You gotta... The thing about the Google algorithm is... It's really only trying to... That algorithm is based for you to find whatever you're trying to find out. Mm. Not necessarily the truth. Mm-hmm. So it's catered. Like, if I type something in on Google and you type something in on Google, it'll have two different things that'll come up. Mm. So uh, make sure you get proper information from people. Uh, Facebook is not a, a credible source. Um we're going to treat this like we're doing term papers. Um, <laughs> your cousin. Your who, sources will be cited. Right. And it will affect your grade. <laughs> um, we are not trusting our cousins to tell us everything. Right. Or the nigga in the barbershop that just got uh, out who ain't never went to school. Ain't never read a book that was published by a major uh, corporation. <laughs> But he read all the books that they, <laughs> that people self print. And don't just listen to us either. Right. We don't fucking know. No, just <laughs> <laughs> we trying to know shit. But yeah, just do your own research. Make sure you know what you're voting for. And make an informed decision. 
even though we can also talk about the flawed ass system of voting that this country has um just the flawed government system in general like the I, like the founding fathers set up things to make it to where things were not easily changed i think they also set it up in a way that they just always wanted there to be unrest you know what i'm saying like when i think about the bar part bipartisan approach to things it's like right or wrong is how we're looking at it you know what i'm saying like you can only choose one side one side thinks they're right the other side thinks they're right both sides think that the opposite sides are wrong it um it wasn't it wasn't necessarily set up that way but over time that's how it became it was like george washington had this famous quote i don't know if this is true uh fact check me um (laughs) where he said that political parties would be the downfall of this Mm, country yeah hmm if he said that, then yes, that he was right. <laughs> but also, um, Washington is not set up to make drastic decisions. That's why I check some balances. That's why you have a executive branch, a legislative branch. Judicial, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. So, and then that's also why you have state governments, state races, stuff like that. Like, it's, I mean, we all learn pretty basic information in civics class when we were in high school so just use that information and build on it yeah go deeper but get out and vote right even if you ain't gonna vote the way i agree that's cool yeah at least you out here trying and standing up for what you believe in if you believe in something and you ain't harming nobody by all means my brother do that shit True. We actually might end on a positive note right Yay, now. Yay, look at us. Clap, clap, clap. <laughs> <laughs> We're a bunch of nerds. <laughs> so, thank you guys for tuning in today to Suburban Pod. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Kirby Brown Girl. And you can find me at a kid named Juice. Some of our music today was provided by our good friend, Corey Battle. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJC Battle. New episodes available every Thursday.